Kia ora, and welcome back to the Movie Bros Podcast, where your host, Rickman King and Epson. How are you doing this week? I'm doing amazing, thank you very much. <clears throat> How are you doing this week? Uh, exactly the same, but uh, a little little sniffly, a little coffee, which is... Yeah. It's been here for a month, and it's kind of driving me insane, <laughs> but yeah, we move. Now, there's been a few, actually more than a few changes to the Movie Bros Podcast as of late, with scheduling issues uh, on my side with the editing. So, when you see this episode, it will come hand-in-hand hand with episode 10, the Movie Bros Podcast, Blockbuster Bonanza, at the same time. The episode was recorded two weeks ago, but as we are university students ourselves, conflicts were upon to happen. Now this week, we'll be discussing and reviewing one of our most anticipated films this year, Gareth Edwards' Return with the Creator, starring John David Washington, Ken Watanabe, and Gemma Chan. An original sci-fi film in 2023. It's a rare sight to behold, but behold it did. We are this close to winning the war. Execute her, or we go extinct. They're coming to get me. Epsilon, before we start with the positives and negatives, what would you review this film? How did you feel about it, actually? Well, it visually was a spectacular film that I enjoyed watching, uh, as well as like the sound effects and visual effects were just clearly greatly made and greatly used to impact uh, impact such a emotional. Uh, array of emotions within this film however there were plot points that I feel I felt were kind of uh, and like certain parts of the film were just not what I was expecting it to be yeah I'm kind of with you on that Uh, we'll get to the negatives especially when it comes to the plot points we'll talk about this could have been a longer film um, than what initially was released if Gareth Edwards wants to release it I hate director's cuts, but a director's cut of <laughs> these plot points coming together and actually bringing a full conclusive film that we both will love, then hopefully that happens. But I'm with you. Like a Zack Snyder cut. <laughs> hopefully not like the Zack Snyder cut that's four hours long. <laughs> but yeah. Um, we'll start with the positives. Uh, the visuals. The budget was $85 million. And I've always advocated for a smaller budget for these big films so that the directors, the screenwriters can go a little bit more crazy and be more creative um, around the smaller budget. Because if you watch this, and um, we watched an IMAX um, yesterday, which was a Saturday, um, on the biggest screen, it looks like it cost probably 300 million around Pirates of the Caribbean money, but on 85 million, the visuals are beautiful. And I wouldn't be surprised if it takes the Oscar this year. Um, Epsilon, uh, you spoke of visuals. Um, they were stunning. What are your opinions on that? I have to agree. They had such great effects. And to watch the film the way uh, it came out, yeah, personally made me go, this is really good. Yeah. And, yeah, it was, it was such an enjoyable film. Definitely. Uh, sadly I'll go to a little bit of a negative just thinking about it uh, I feel like this film mm. goes into the subgenre of style over substance because this film's visually striking but the, the substance itself is a little bit lacking and we'll get to that in the negatives mm. but um, visually on this budget it's amazing and there's some main consensus around this film is that on a small budget and it looks like um better than the latest Star Wars films and the sequel trilogy and minus Rogue One and Han Solo and those other two films this movie looks spectacular um storytelling we'll get to the negative parts when it comes to plot holes plot points but the way it's structured in this film and it takes a lot of inspirations and um Epsilon 
Uh, did you see many inspirations from other sci-fi films that were put into this movie itself? Yeah, um, I believe Star Wars was one. Uh, after Star Wars, um, I saw <clears throat> many different, uh, like, smaller, I would say. Mm. Like, very small uh, references. Very subtle. The, 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 all the references in uh, the creator were very subtle, in my opinion. Uh, I think I think there was also like a Cyberpunk '77 reference, yes. in my opinion. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, I think I know this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you leant over at the very beginning of the movie and said, "This kind of felt like Fallout." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was now my brain turned on to going, maybe the Fallout series could kind of like uh, be like this, but the rest of the movie is not much like Fallout. There is a nuke, multiple actually, um, but. Yeah, multiple um, story beats taken from a Steven Spielberg or James Cameron. Actually, the first invasion um, when they try and find the weapon felt like <clears throat> Avatar, where they this is your scenario. These are your people. You got to get in and out. And the world is uh, they're called uh, the place where they had to go is called New Asia. Um, I don't mm. that's one of the main negatives that we have is they didn't specify why it's called New Asia apart from they accept the robots with humans over there um, but that felt like Pandora a little bit the world building is actually incredible in this film but you got a little bit of alien in there especially towards the end where it goes into a, yes. a little horror um, actually Epsilon um We'll go into spoiler ter uh, territory. Um, your opinions on the ending, the tension was there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, there's several parts to the ending that I had several kinds of uh, emotions for. Firstly, the ending sequence when uh, the main character meets the AI version of his mm. wife uh, in the grassy uh, like fields. Or the, the fruit fields, yeah. Which is a visual spectacular that I enjoyed watching, yeah. However, I do have to say it was kind of a disappointment, in my opinion. Uh, where it comes to me that I didn't really... I was just saying, I didn't feel as though the villains got their dues, you know. Which is the general and the US, whole US army. The US army system in the film, when they, in the beginning of the film, when they were expressing how the fact that if the Nomad's base station were to be destroyed, the water would essentially turn tides, didn't really feel like that was the case. Yeah, because we didn't actually see a, um, uh, not a flashback. A cut to the U.S. when the no uh, when Nomad got destroyed. All we saw was the montage of people in New Asia or all around the world um, celebrating, which was feel good. But I do want to see what the villains are looking like right now, because yeah. also, yeah, I I was imagining well, if if destruction is what makes you feel terrible, yeah, uh, what's happening? Why why aren't the why? <laughs> Why the why are they not scared? Why aren't the Americans scared at this point? Yeah. If yeah, they never touched upon that, and I find it funny that it's only America, and not the mm. UK, not us, New Zealand or mm. Australia, or even Canada. It's just America, being America. Um, but yes, um, the ending. I, all I had to say is it felt like Alien meets 2001 A Space Odyssey um, mm. and it was grand and epic and the music was rousing and everything but I agree with you it was somewhat of a disappointment but that was on top of the fact that I wanted to see what the general's face was or the people inside the Nomad and report room were like we just got cut to. Uh, no, uh, didn't they get? Didn't they get evacuated? I believe. Um, yes, the evacuated. people on Nomad were evacuated. What I meant was the people yeah. down on Earth in LA. 
I want to uh, see their reaction. Yeah, yeah, in America, yeah. Yeah, we never. But there was that. no reaction from one of the sides, which was the main, you know, part of the war. Yeah. It, it was very noticeable about several. Yeah, as I said, when we get to negatives, we'll discuss about this lacking uh, experience. Yeah. But um, this film still has a lot going for it, um, and. The cast is amazing. Again, John David Washington, Kim Watanabe, Gemma Chan, and the whole cast was brilliant. And you felt the emotions. And John David Washington, the older he gets, the more he's like his father, Denzel Washington, who's this high caliber actor that we all praise and love and hope to see that type of performance one day. And his son is soon becoming like that. From his roles in Black Clansman to Tenant, and now this Epsilon, what are your thoughts on the cast? I think they did a good job. Yeah, they did a wonderful job. All the all the actions, you know, all the sequences, spectacular. Um, no complaints from me from that side. Yeah, the emotion. Um, I didn't actually look at the full cast list, but the kid that played the weapon great job at being a, stoic yeah. and being AI really mm. robot and mm. again we're going into spoilers it turns out that you know I think the main character's name is James regular name um, that could easily be his child but it wasn't his child but somewhat it's a little all yeah. over the place <laughs> that's when we get to the negatives with the plot holes, <laughs> um, uh, with yeah. the whole mother thing, but um, overall, mm. um, the the cast was amazing. I wish we got a little bit of more of Ken Watanabe, but um, him and anything really, especially with Gareth Edwards, is, um, from Godzilla to this is is great. Mm. Um, the score in this movie um, from the legendary Hans Zimmer, um, Epsilon. It, it was there for for certain parts and it was incredible but what mm. are your thoughts on it um, music wise it was pretty good I would say yeah I, I wouldn't like disagree that I would say there's no lacking portions in the area where the music came from mm. the soundtrack and all those parts worked in tandem to give us such a great uh, effect and so, yeah, I would say, I wouldn't say it was a bad film in that aspect, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I read somewhere that um, Gareth Edwards was wanting an AI to create, mm. uh, to keep with the theme of the film, to create a Hans Zimmer mm. type music. And he went, no, I'll just get the actual, mm. actual man himself. <laughs> and, yes. Yeah. And listening to the soundtrack, which... I was a little worried it's only 49 minutes long in length mm. um, but it's still beautiful it's still a handsome track uh, track list and I think it complemented the film really well without being too mm. uh, too much like um, uh, Playground 2049 where he helped uh, Benjamin Wasfish um, create the soundtrack for that and it was a little under par when it came to um, yeah. to that film, but to this, Hansen's scoring it is incredible. And that, for some reason, felt last minute, but um, Gareth Edwards, from Monster to to Godzilla to Rogue One, the use of scope in his films have been massive. And um, Epsilon, the scope in this film is incredible. What are your thoughts? I feel though it pulled on many different tropes. References, as we were talking about, and it pulled on many like different kinds of small, subtle genre changes. Because it went from uh, techno to like full-on like uh, cyberpunk-esque to Star Wars-esque to like this guerrilla warfare-esque to space station-esque. Yeah, it, it had multiple different genre influences and. I feel like a lot of people will be in awe of the final um, act of this film when it comes to how massive it is. Um, when it comes to spoiler territories, um, the weapon in James uh, on Nomad, 
but James is outside in space and they uh, Garrett Edwards captures space incredibly from both sound design to how bleak it is how um, basically nothing happens Scary in space. to avoid it yeah, uh, yeah avoid yes and just James holding on to a, a rocket a nuclear rocket and seeing all these mechanics work and they felt somewhat practical uh, but he captured it in such um, a massive scale. I do want to say yes. actually speaking of that yeah, since um, it was actually captured better because of the fact that it it showed that he wasn't technically in space especially when it was, he was having difficulty climbing the rocket instead of falling up you know like just pushing himself up because he was in high altitude but he was not in particular in space he was still in orbit yeah that was a really nice check I didn't think of that but yeah um, incredible fact right there um, and that just elevates that scene a little bit more now um, but yes capturing scope and there's a sequence I think the clip's up on YouTube but oh yes it's up mm. I did want to say though that there was a tiny bit of an issue when he's showing two different kinds of uh, scenes mm. here. When when he pulls the vacuum out, when the, when he pulls out the vacuum yes. machine, yeah, and yet he's having difficulty climbing on the rocket again. I believe this is kind of part of the AI writing where we need to have one particular like space. Uh, theme here where is it gonna be him in high altitude so he's climbing hard or is it just he is in space therefore people will literally like be vacuumed out of the rocket uh, of the ship that they were yeah in. that's a great point actually um and i feel like yes that's part of the ai generated writing um but i um we'll we'll see whether gareth edwards gets asked that in a Q&A or something because I feel like that would be fascinating mm. to hear his point of view on that but I think he would agree with you that's kind of what the AI wrote along with him so mm. the whole space um, not frequencies but the velocity of space pressure I think uh, changes within mm. the scene itself but um, uh, speaking of um, there was a clip that was shown on YouTube uh, days before the movie came out of um, a village getting attacked with these tanks and these tanks feel monstrous um, it was a mm. sequence that we talked about after the movie that didn't really be uh, that should have been a little shorter um, but still in scope and in this broad science fiction world it was incredible the technology seemed very advanced mm. To the point where it, feel, it felt futuristic and it felt great to watch these tanks do their work, uh, even though like they were harming people. And I, I do want to say, yeah, I did enjoy it visually. Yeah, they, they were definitely great uh, visuals. I do have several parts that I want to say were a little too long mm. to the point where I feel the, the time spent with showing those particular scenes here could have been better used in more emotional scenes to be honest more scenes that connected us to the characters most definitely um the the scene played out really well but I felt like it could have been cut down to further the emotional weight that was coming up and we'll talk about how this movie should have been longer for this certain sequence to be justified to be a little five ten minutes longer than it should have been but um, (laughs) still when it comes to scope it is amazing and again see it on the biggest screen possible that's what most reviewers are saying and that's what we're saying here Um, now Gareth Edwards was meant to finished directing Rogue One until um, he got stepped down. Uh, actually, we don't know the full story about it. I didn't read upon it. But um, Tony Gilroy, who now has done Andor, and he finished Rogue One for Gareth Edwards. This feels like a proper Star Wars film. 
and I think Epsilon mentioned it prior but yeah this is Star Wars but in a completely modern universe uh, Epsilon what are your thoughts on what we could have gotten with Rogue One through the creator uh, through the creator I feel as though it was more like in tune with us more relating to the characters unlike Rogue One where it felt as though we were just zooming past a lot of the character development but as well as like all these action sequences mm. yeah have really been expressive within this film as I said visually even with the small budget it looks so great yeah I captured a, a warfare I think you said guerrilla warfare prior yeah and again yeah. yes yeah um it felt as though America in the scene was used as for example the empire yes. yeah well New Asia somehow felt like the rebels yeah very much which yes which had quite a bit of confusion in my mind <laughs> again when we touch up on yeah. the negative um yeah. but yes a great comparison with Nomad being like the Death Star and literally nuking places. Uh, if, to be honest, I felt as though Nomad was just a glorified giant scanner than anything. Mm. In my opinion, I, I would have liked it better if instead of just being a scanner, it was a huge laser. True. <laughs> it was a huge pulse laser that evaporated anything. I, I, yeah. I feel as though that, yeah, that would have made it a lot cooler. Yeah, that would have being more futuristic i think the movie takes place in 2065 i think mm, exactly so. and that like the futuristic-esque look of a giant laser as as i said like the death star which was also a giant <laughs> laser yes it would have been a better as a showing of greater power in my opinion um edwards if he stayed with rogue one well rogue one uh, at the end of the day became and I agree with you with the character development we had too many characters at play now with Andor we get to mm -hmm. discover Cassie and Andor and the rise of the rebellion and becoming one of the greatest Disney Plus shows to ever be produced and uh, from Tony Gilroy but what Gareth Edwards did with Rogue One was give these characters that are somewhat of a suicide squad which was funny that it came out in 2016 with DC Suicide Squad but um, it felt like a war movie and it captured uh, it captured both Star Wars with the X-Wings and the Rebellion fighting this massive disc that kind of looks like the same Nomad station that they had in this film um, along with ground warfare and I feel like Gareth Edwards finally got that full vision and it was put on full display in this movie and i feel like that's where most of the love came from um yeah there would there will be some parts i will have to disagree on disagree on that it's particularly the fact that the battles felt in my mind it felt lacking in a sense as well as just pure confusion during the watching of the film where when we were first introduced to this whole war it was meant to express more of an even kind of uh, temperament between New Asia versus America yet America in and of itself just felt like it was just overwhelming everything yeah um, I understand where you came from um, but yes with the creator I feel like we should have known a little bit more about the war. We got kind of a backstory at the very beginning of the movie, which yes. which gave us that Fallout vibe. Um, but yeah. I feel like because the start of the movie, we get um, we get introduced to Maya and James. Um, we don't know who they are, but we understand uh, what they're going through until there was this plot twist where. James is actually a double agent for for the government and um, Maya is actually the main creator and the martyr which threw us for a loop but it all came to 
full conclusion by the end of the movie um, in somewhat a disappointing way which we'll get to but I feel like Gareth Edwards had full control of this film along with AI uh, which is kind of scary but um, in my opinion Gareth Edwards in this portion like particularly this kind of Esco story writing was a little bit lazier than what I would have liked in a sense where he can make a very spectacular director very spectacular looking uh, movie however I don't think this is something that we would want to see again in particular to what I mean by that is in an esque of all these loopholes just being expressed constantly isn't something that I think a lot of people like to see over and over yeah um, I think what he tried to do was make an original science fiction film with influences from other big science fiction franchises and Mm. try and put out a film that could rival something like Star Wars and Star Trek but I feel like he will not make this a series he'll probably make this a one and done but we the next part of the positives is that we need more original films from big studios a24 they have original films churning out every second we just got the rucker rucker boys danny and michael uh, philippo mm. create talk to me uh, uh, an original horror and somehow but if you've watched their youtube videos it makes sense that they'll go in the horror route and a24's making all these um proper um original films uh, that can be seen by multiple people in different genres. It could be comedy, action, periodic drama. Uh, it's we need someone like Disney, someone like Warner Brothers to make an original film like this, not based on something, but just get someone to come in, write, direct, and film an original story that they have created that would work for a certain audience or all audiences but yeah it's rare to see nowadays um epsilon on this topic of more original films from big studios do you have a couple of genres that you could see become original films along with science fiction um just up to chance what are your opinions I particularly think nowadays, yeah, uh, the genre of heroes is done, as I said, yeah, and currently I think we're moving towards the video game genre at the moment, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think right now we should just continue that path where instead of superheroes and all these like dramatics, we should try to use use what we have in the video game genre and try to work with those because clearly they're working. We've seen it work several times, with, especially with Mario Bros. being one of the biggest uh, achievements of that. And like Sonic, these two have just shown that video game films do work. Yeah, um, I can see uh, the video game genre become bigger and bigger every year, uh, every day basically, with uh, many shows. Again, The Last of Us came out earlier this year. We had Super Mario Bros. Last year we had Uncharted, which uh, so-so film. Um, <laughs> it was it was quite. We had yeah. Sonic Two last year as well with Sonic One in twenty twenty. Um, it's mm. it's been a great year for a great couple of years for video game genres, and we're about to get a God of War series from Amazon, a Fallout series from Amazon. Uh, we just got Twisted Metal, which apparently is really good. Why did I say apparently I've watched the whole series? It's incredible. Um, yeah, the video game genre is going to take over. But for for the cynic in me, I kind of want to see some of these directors make something original that's part of a big studio. Mm. Um, not a Star Wars, not a Marvel or a, or a video game film. Just something at a massive scale like the creator. Um, on a small budget. Oh, what, what about what yes. about yeah? Actually, speaking mm. of yeah, speaking, what do you think about the genre of uh, 
Mm. Of you know how uh, currently at the moment yeah, there was a very big genre shift in the uh, anime specifically like there was that isekai genre yes. for a bit yeah what if we did uh, more one like one specific genre film I really enjoy is like when characters go into the past and change it history changing films yeah and time changing films as well as like just in general world changing I think that's a great area to look at for these kinds of like new kinds of films you want to direct because it, it means that even if history happened for a specific point that it can be changed and that gives it more of an original aspect to that idea yeah that that could be a genre um but when you mean change history you mean like men in black three change history uh, or no, um, like a whole genre like, of its have own you seen, thing have you seen the uh there was a film recent, uh, not recently, but quite a while ago, which came out where they were expressing like, do you know the film Hey Jude? Yes. Yeah, yeah, the Beatles. Yeah, what if they didn't exist in the past? Oh, uh, you mean yesterday? Past? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yesterday. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that could be a cool genre, but I feel like the no offense will get a little, um predictable to to many audiences unless they kind of change how things work like a what if scenario like marvel studios what if um but for it's like what if world war Two didn't happen or like mm. any world war or or something like that or what if world war three happened i don't know is that is that what you were kind of thinking of as a genre? Uh, no, no, more like if if these characters, yeah, like were to be coming into this kind of time period, yeah, mm. from the future, for example, from our current modern time period, yeah, what would happen? What what advances would we be able to give? You know? Oh, oh yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Um, so it's like us as us now going back to. A kid going, yeah, yeah, invest yeah, in exactly. Google, invest in Google, invest in Nike. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. It's like it's, it's time travel. Time travel yeah. films should be giving the chance. I mean, I feel as though yeah. they they're lacking in that aspect where they haven't been given a shot to really shine. If if you say this, you could tell a little studio called Universal to make another Back to the Future but you know don't don't don't, don't, don't make another Back to the <laughs> maybe Future maybe not Back to the Future yeah, yeah maybe not um, yeah. I don't know uh, yeah it could work time travel yeah. as a genre like modern like let's say cyberpunk but in western times that would be kind of yeah, cool exactly it's like they're all got cybernetics and cyberware all over them they go back yeah. into the past yeah. have no clue what to do uh like let's say bill and ted but kind of mm. kind of yeah yeah i see i see the vision now i see the vision yeah, yeah exactly but yes um now to the negatives to me i i edit all the time it keeps me pre um, preoccupied when i'm feeling down or you know uni's piece of shit which is every day but the editing is <laughs> jarring in this movie and certain montage pieces um i think many people will see it um i know we definitely saw it and epsilon what did you think of the editing we'll get to the pacing but the editing was a little all over the place yeah i i would have to say i completely agree with that yeah like it confused me in certain sections while others it just like i didn't understand why they would decide this would happen suddenly here like well at other points it yeah it was very confusing overall i would, I would say yeah. yeah it was there were many ins inconsistencies within this movie yeah. like okay one particular one that i had big like uh huh, like sort of moment with, yeah, yes. was uh, spe specifically, uh, I guess, 
when he was a, uh, I would say, mm. when he as a character, mm. yeah, went to New yes. Asia, yeah, and then all these all these people like they had so much uh, like technology, like you know, like why did this suddenly change? Why? Why did? Why did they some, somehow just become a rebel group? Yeah. What? What? What is? What is happening? You know that sort of mess. Yeah, there was. That's a plot point. A uh, plot hole that mm-hmm. wasn't really justified in the film. And it, again, mm-hmm. the film should have been a little longer to, um, mm-hmm. to kind of mold these plot holes that we found, mm-hmm. and, probably bring them full circle by the end of the film so when the ending happens we're kind of ju- uh, we're kind of satisfied but with the way it's edited in certain montages within the movie where it's not really stock footage but it jumps to something that doesn't make sense like a monkey but they're talking yeah. about uh, they weren't talking about life or animals or anything they were talking about weaponry or something and jumps to a monkey then the yeah. sun and it, it was all over the place with that. I think that's the AI generated. Yeah, I was part. like, I was like, what, what? Yeah, I was like, what is happening here at that portion? Yeah, I was like, it didn't make sense why this at certain points some stuff was happening. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, it, huh? it took, it took us out of the movie. Yeah. Um, another negative we have mentioned it multiple times here. The pacing was a little all over the place. It, by the end of the film I think the pacing got a little better but it felt too slow in most parts and then too fast in most parts and I think that's what happens when you have an inconsistent script Epsilon I think you had the same problems as I do with the pacing what are your thoughts? yeah it was it was all over the place yeah it it could have it could have been much tighter. I think that comes to the editing as well. It could have been much tighter, and it could have. I it, there's a lack of substance, um, as we described before. A lot of style and the visuals incredible. You can't deny that sound sound design, sound scope, amazing score, amazing. The pacing and the editing is very important to every film, and every film always has these. Uh, errors um, whether it's one of the best films this year with Oppenheimer where it's it could have been cut down a little bit less with certain scenes but when it comes to this movie it should have been much longer and should have um, told the story in a much tighter way but letting the the writers AI um, do the most work <laughs> let the AI yeah I feel as though at this point, the writer should have had some more uh, work done. Like, there was just too many inconsistent parts to this film. And specifically, like... When when they were writing... Okay, when they were writing this film, yeah? Mm. A part that I feel as though was a very big, like, what is happening sort of sequence. With a... How, how, is, how is this the case? Why, why, why is this specifically, like, you know, happening in this situation? Yeah. It's, they never justify it, really. It's just put mm. there, and... Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's quite scary how AI could write a movie, and I know it's part of the theme of the film is that AI are supposed to be the good guys and they don't mean any harm which I fully believe that obviously they don't in this movie they just want to live among the humans but AI in general is a little scary subject to touch upon especially when we just had the strikes where they striked against using AI to write movies and TV shows and having this movie which felt very AI written it's, it's kind of scary and something that <laughs> we're not gonna like at all 
Um, speaking of AI, uh, Epsilon, what are your thoughts on the use of AI writing movies with this being an example? Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? I think AI still has a ways to go yes. before it's ever recon- like considered to be used in my opinion. Like, it goes to show here and like I've always been an advocate saying, you know, give new new technology a chance, yeah. But it's clearly showing, you know, they still need some more time. Yeah, it needs to be left in the oven a little longer to get cooked. Mm. Um, but overall with this movie and then AI being used for the secret invasion opening which to me I defended at the beginning because I'm like it makes sense who do you trust and everything but then it got a little tedious where I'm like actual artists could have done this uh, so AI taking jobs is, is a little scary but it's the future and we should have known this from movies of past uh, Skynet is coming soon um the final negative we have here unless you have a little bit more is it could have been much longer give or take 20 minutes epson yeah. do you agree actually speaking of that yeah mm. i feel as though more like if they were going to emphasize the war part yeah they should have leveled the playing field a little bit more than what was shown in the film yes because honestly it felt like a one-sided match the whole fight it didn't really feel like there was a proper war it just felt like it was just one side invading the other with no repercussion and it's like well what was the point of this whole film you know why are they suddenly you know so powerful like why is america so powerful in the sense where like what are you trying to uh express here like how how is this the case (laughs) yeah um that was very jarring when it came to um the war um that you could watch um a clip of on youtube uh with the tanks is that it felt very one-sided um obviously they have tanks versus people and 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 robots but still i agree with you i wish there was more on the ground combat from the u.s side which we kind of saw, but they already rolled people over with tanks, which was kind of diminishes the purpose of ground combat. But no, 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 no. It, 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 it diminishes the purpose of Nomad in general. Like, why is Nomad existent when they have this overwhelming power? What, what, what do they mean by? Oh, it would change the tide of the war if you know. Yeah, I I fully didn't understand yeah. that, and when it happened in the film with um, the weapon and the little girl, yeah. um, Alfie, that's her name, um, yeah. stopping yeah. Nomad for a bit, um, it was a little underwhelming. That was, it was yeah. like she's hyped up to be this power weapon to destroy all of Nomad, but mm. what she did was stall it for a couple of minutes, and yeah that was very disappointing but hey she's only a little girl they could make books or another movie about her which i wouldn't mind seeing but again ai please don't write it uh, to be yeah no to be honest maybe this might have been better as like a series like a netflix series maybe honestly this didn't really feel like it was required for a movie yeah just i feel as though like yeah it, it, it doesn't have enough time to fully divulge on all these characters you know mm. but at the same time it doesn't feel like you know we're able to you know express all these characters in a way that you know we're able to i guess fully realize what they are yes it's, it's hard to express i guess but yeah yeah, this could have easily been like HBO's Game of Thrones, but in, in science fiction, easily, um, if they wanted to, because this has the grand scale of a Game of Thrones in a science fiction world, kind of like Blade Runner if it were a series. But yeah, I think that's the one thing that's diminishing this movie 
is that it could have been expressed much better in the series but I think we're just so used to watching series at home and feeling for these characters because you've been with them since episode 1 and you're about to watch episode 10 um, but yes I feel like that could have been the better option here um, for Gareth Edwards to fully implode uh, not implode uh, put out his creative ideas of the creator it was, to, to be honest though I don't know if you can say this was fully Gareth Edwards you know like whole I idea I guess in a sense because this was as you said was written by AI yeah uh, like partially was written by AI so I feel as though that kind of like doesn't really express the human uh, like mindset I, guess. Uh, I, I think he's been working on this project since he left Rogue One so 2017 I think mm -hmm. So, I think that whole AI thing was akin to the theme of the movie. Um, but again, who, who knows? We're not Gareth Edwards. But it will be lovely to ask him um, on the whole AI situation. I think he's been asked that too many times. Probably get annoyed with that. But, um, Epsilon, what's your I final I mean, it's a valid film? question to ask. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I, I think it's been asked multiple times. I probably got annoyed with it already. But yeah, yeah. because like, yeah, yeah. Um, Epsilon, your final film rating of the film itself. Ooh. I would have to give it. A six, a seven, around a seven, I guess. Visually, it's amazing film, yeah, mm. and it doesn't like lack in any like bad tropes, I guess you would say. It doesn't lack in the feel that it needs to be for a good movie. However, if you truly wanted to push it any further, story-wise, it really needed some more working done. Yeah, like it, it, and the editing itself some parts I would like to remove more so than others as well as tweak how the war is being really shown because honestly it didn't really feel like an even stalemate it felt more like America was just a game destroying everything <laughs> and <clears throat> they had no like downsides to like pushing this huge like space station across like across the, the globe with no repercussions whatsoever yeah yeah um, again, America, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, I felt as though that, yeah, this was kind of like more so showing, hey, America's such a great country that, like, you know, at that point, yeah, it felt a little weak. Yeah. Um, personally, I would give this an. I, I changed it from a 9 to an 8 the more we talked about it. Yeah, you see it though. Yeah, you see what I mean though, right? It's the fact that the yeah. editing. Uh, pulled me out of the movie so immersed on the edge yeah. of my seat most of the movie but the editing took me out and I'm here like oh okay this is a this is a little um mm. uh, oh, yeah. it's like why is this happening you know uh, how is this the case where hey I saw it because when we see they go to the city yeah, and a the, the Asian city is like very advanced you know we see this modernesque look and this police force they have then the police force just disappears midway <laughs> it's like huh yeah and then, <clears throat> I, I think that's the cyberpunk yeah. um, reference there um, with the police force just disappearing out of nowhere um, yeah it's like huh but yeah I, I feel like an A uh, I, I need to go watch it again to to fully justify it whether it goes up or down I think yeah. maybe maybe I think to be honest, the more you watch it, yeah. the film, yeah, you're gonna hate it more. In hey, my opinion. hey, hey! It's all it's all opinion, like, man. No, no. Let me let me explain to you what I mean by that. In, in a sense where you will start to see the glaring issues. Um, yeah. Issues, yeah. More so, the deeper you look mm -hmm. into it, I feel, because like at times, even like when I've seen it, 
really hard to like ignore. It's like, come on, I see this already. Come on, please, please fix it. Yeah, especially what we were talking about, like it should have been longer. This thing should have been shorter. Um, yeah, but or where where is where's this huge like army that can like fight against the U.S. to make it so it's like a stalemate? Yeah. What happened to that? Because if this movie did hit all cylinders, this could easily... If Garrett Edwards wants to make a trilogy, be Lord of the Rings, but it's it's far from that so far. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I just want to give every film a... Not, not positive yeah, rating. Yeah. Give every yeah. film a chance. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think watching it again, it'll probably go down. Or maybe go up. It's hard to say. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand. I understand. It is very refreshing to see an epic of this scale be original, but pull from many science fiction classics as inspirations. Hoping this film does well, so people do not keep complaining about there are no original films anymore nonsense. So go support this film exclusively in cinemas everywhere and in premium formats such as IMAX. Now this week on television has been revamped and is in development to start the next episode as we'll be giving a review for many shows that we have been watching. Along with August, October is somewhat of a slow season until the end of the month with films such as Scorsese's Killer of the Flower Moon and David Finch's The Killer, also sprinkled with other films here and there. But going forward, you'll be getting your regularly scheduled Movie Bros episode, but we'll focus on the television portion. But our main focus this month is the Gaming Bros podcast, as we have yet to discuss Starfield, Mortal Kombat 1, Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth News, and the greatest comeback in gaming history with Cyberpunk 2.0 patch along with the Phantom Liberty DLC review. <laughs> With Assassin's Creed Mirage releasing this week, it is fitting that our next episode will be the Gaming Bros Podcast Episode 2. Now Epsilon, do you have any requests for what television series we should cover? It can be completed for a seasonal series and we can ramble on about it for the coming weeks. Yeah, uh, more so, we would, I would like to get to see more uh, animated shows like the new boys uh continue with it sorry uh gen v with oh uh, yes gen v um yes, yes yes we'll get to that yeah um we'll also do fiona and cake i think it's just finished yes. its 10th episode yeah. Yeah. which is its final episode. yes is it for season one and so. are there more seasons or just the season not that I know of. I think this is the final season. Ah, okay. okay. <laughs> I think this is well, it. we'll discuss yeah. that as well. Yeah. Along with Star Trek Lower Decks, I think every Thursday a new episode, right? Yes. And we'll also be talking about that because there are 10 episodes each season, I think. Mm. So, yes. Um, along with them, as Epsilon has said... Um, the weekly series we'll be discussing will be Gen V, the latest season of Rick and Morty, only for the new voices, and also the new trailer shows up Bird Person and, you know, Water Tea and, like, all the cool stuff from season 1 and 2 and 3. Um, so we'll check that out as well. And Invincible, when it releases. But the biggest series... Mm, I can't wait for the newest Invincible. Yeah, I cannot wait. I think yes. November. And alongside... Yeah. November, ooh. But the biggest series we will be covering every week actually premieres tomorrow at 2pm exclusively on Disney+. Plus. That is Marvel Studios' Loki Season 2, which has us excited. Oh, excited. Yes, Season 2. Hmm. I can't wait for that. That's something that I'm looking forward to. With how great Season 1 is and Loki as a character, yeah, I cannot wait for this new season. Now, this week at the box office is a little sad for a specific film, but we'll get to that. Epsilon, this week has been a little, um, eh, really. Um, yeah, it, it didn't really have the full-on thing that I would like to say made a good, like, week. Yeah, I feel like this is just a regular, like, weekday 
um, box office. But um, number one at the box office for the second week in a row, uh, third week in a row, sorry, is The Nun 2. Um, this is actually Warner Brothers' most profitable film this year. Um, no thanks to The Flash. But um, on its we uh, third week, it has made 8.55 million. In New Zealand, it's currently grossed $567.822,000 and a total of $217.11 million in three weeks. Epsilon, what are your thoughts on that? Actually, have you seen the movie? I have not. I have been planning to. However, nothing... I haven't really found time to go watch it. Yeah, I, I think these numbers were to be expected, but I didn't expect this to be number one this week. Especially with the second movie on here, which is the most disappointing opening this year. Expendables 4, starring Sylvester Stallone, Jason Statham, all the action stars, Megan Fox, came number two with an opening of 8.039 million. It hasn't released in New Zealand, it releases this weekend and 16.84 million in a week. Epsilon, this is very disappointing. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no. It's, it's, it hurts to say yeah, that all these films are doing as well as I wish they did. Expendables, yeah. I wish they did more. Uh, I don't think they're going to Apparently it's been called the worst movie this year, but we have to see it for ourselves. Really? Yeah. The worst movie this year? Yes. Okay. But seeing these numbers, star power, these action stars are not drawing the same audience as they did back in the 80s, 90s. And... Yeah, no. Kind of changed. Yeah. Kids nowadays are like, who's Sylvester Stallone? I'm here wanting to punch yeah. them in the face. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, no, no, I feel that. These action stars are not at their prime anymore. And I think it it's due to Expendables 3 being PG-13 and this one being R-rated. Um, the R-rating was needed for the previous film, but apparently this film, it's just CGI blood everywhere. And it looks so fake, so it could have pulled off a PG-13, but the fact that this movie is very disappointing, I'm not sadly surprised. And number three this weekend, A Haunting in Venice. Um, Ooh, yeah, is, is the Haunting in Venice one of the uh, same as uh, Murder on the Orient Express? I guess one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that from the same Yes, uh, it's the third film, uh, Death on the Nile came out in 2019, 2020, uh, part of the same um, series, uh, directed by Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Branagh, who plays the main detective, who I will not pronounce because I would have a tongue twister. Um, but, yeah. but its opening weekend was 14.3 million, its second weekend, 6.3 million, so not that much of a drop. In New Zealand, it's made $296.4,000 and $74.95 worldwide in two weeks. Epsilon, is this a surprise or did you think it would meet these expectations? Yeah, um, especially with a whodunit series, I didn't expect this to make... Yeah. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like... Uh a reprieve on the current genres right now yeah if you think about it yeah. because we've had murder on the orient express death on the now mm. knives out glass onion and now this the whodunit series uh, genre it's kind of making a resurgence but in a way that it's not every single year there's a new whodunit and it's apparently this is really good um, with its horror elements and also the way it's captured. It's very grungy, apparently. But, yeah, uh, I actually, I think 
we should watch it but probably not streaming um probably not have the time to watch it and number four staying in the top five for its third week equalizer three um on its third week it has made 7.228 million actually fourth week sorry and then week four 4.8 million staying at number four this weekend okay um uh, do you think it'll start dying down oh definitely uh i'm yeah i'll be surprised whether it'll be in the top five in the coming weeks yeah no i think i think it's really gonna start like you know tanking hard for an action film with denzel washington and a final hurrah for his character um same with anton fuqua the director this it's rolling in money with a total worldwide of 151.3 million yeah i think it's done well for for what it's supposed to be it's not a john wick but it's it's as hardcore as john wick yeah now it's got that specific uh one character beats all aspect yes now a movie that epsilon did a review on and i have finally watched barbie is... <laughs> oh barbie's finally ending it's, it's officially like on its end like final life as we speak yes barbie has been at number five for the past two weeks uh last week week nine 3.821 million this week on week 10 3.2 million it's holding steady in New Zealand so far it's made 8.45 million dollars and a total of 1 billion 1.4 billion there we go in 10 weeks Epsilon we've talked about Barbie too much I don't think I want to talk about Barbie <laughs> finally ending yeah, finally how's Ken <laughs> tell me how Ken is <laughs> Are you Kenji? You Kenji? But yes, uh, finally got to watch the movie. It was worth it. <laughs> um, yeah. Out of ten. Uh, nine. Nine out of ten. Nine. Nine. Hey, we'll talk about it when we wrap up the best films and television series of the year. When yeah. we get to that episode. No, no, but- Ooh, this is this is the first time I'm thinking I gave a higher score. No, you gave it a seven. Oh, oh yeah, I did. But hey, opinions change over time. That's completely fine. I'm I'm still on um uh, recency bias, but you know, it's just the script was great. Uh, but I did understand you guys' complaints, uh, but just didn't feel as forced as it was meant to be on the internet but um yes structure was great at pacing was better in barbie than the creator so um but yeah anyway it deserves to be here and it's definitely <laughs> one of the better films this year and a year full of somewhat mediocre films that we have covered Barbie has its iron grip on the box office for 10 weeks straight. That is incredible. And uh, I have. How long is the longest uh, the film graph? Um. Probably. Black Panther? I don't know. Uh, I heard Black Panther was in the top 10 for, for quite a long time. Uh, but it could be Gone of the Wind. Um, it really depends but yes Barbie 10 weeks straight I feel like it's still in the top five next week um, but yes that is incredible I've not seen this being done this year in the coming weeks the schedule will be back to normal hopefully so your daily dose of the movie bros will be with you every Wednesday the anime bros will be back as well as we wrap up the year of anime which has been a lot from gear 5 luffy to the cultural phenomenon that was oshinoko now epsilon any closing thoughts i think this year uh has been such a wild ride there's ups and lows there are some great films and some really questionable films uh, but currently 
I feel as though we had our recess moment where all the currently great films are now resting. And surely by the end of this year, they push another great banger to us. Yeah. Um, again, Scorsese's Kill Out the Flower Moon later this month, and David Fincher's The Killer coming out later this month. We also have. A multitude of big blockbusters coming out throughout the end of the year from Aquaman to uh, which surprisingly looks really good and yeah Aquaman you really really yes um, we'll get to that by December but um, yeah there's many films coming out this year that will probably knock our socks off or become mediocre as hell even though we overhype stuff but yes, uh, next month is somewhat of the same, same as this month, apart from the very beginning of the month where we'll fully discuss the Marvels and leading up to when the film comes out. Um, but yes, Epsilon, that is great to hear that. Yes, the films are kind of in the background now. Um, we got stuff like Blue Beetle, which is... We gave a positive, somewhat positive review of, and now the creator, which we did go a little bit more into the negative side, but it was much needed um, for critiquing. If we want, yeah, if I feel as though, if we want to push this genre of AI rhythm thing, we need to give give it more criticism than uh, really tell it about all of its like great achievements. Yes. Yeah. Now we are the Movie Bros Podcast, a podcast that has been on hiatus since Captain Marvel's brilliant box office opening. We are your hosts, Rick and King and Epsilon, and we'll see you soon, Space Cowboy. Bye. <laughs> there we go. There. Oh Jesus Christ. There we go. Now you're good. You're good.